When the whole family comes together to watch the game, nobody wants to miss a second of the action to run to the grocery store. With Instacart, you can get all your weekly groceries in as fast as an hour. Less time shopping means more game time. Let's go. Visit instacart.com to get free delivery on your first three orders. Offer valid for a limited time. $10 minimum per order. Additional terms apply. It's time for Come and Talk It with your host, Michael Cargill, brought to you by Texas Law Shield. Over the last decade, Michael has championed and supported the rights of law-abiding Texans to own and use firearms. He is the owner of Central Texas Gunworks, a veteran of the United States Army, and has achieved national exposure in such prestigious media outlets such as Forbes Magazine, Fox Business News, CNN Money, AOL, BBC World News, Huffington Post, and the New York Times. Cargill vigorously defends lawful gun ownership in this country without regard to party politics. And now, here's Michael Cargill. Good day, Austin, Texas, the live music capital of the world. Let's praise the Lord and pass the ammunition. All right, so today we're doing a Texas legislative update. We're going to do a firearms update for you. Uh, there's some changes um, in Texas. Uh, the Our legislative body actually ended in the end of May. And so we kind of want to give you those updates right now because we're getting a lot of phone calls from people and they want to know, you know, what are some of the changes? Can I carry a club? Can I carry a uh, a mace? You know, can I, you know, can I just, you know, did they pass constitutional carry? So we're, we want to give you those updates because now if the governor hasn't signed it, it goes into effect. If he vetoed it, it's dead. Uh, if he did sign it, it goes into effect September the 1st or it went into effect immediately. So we're going to break some of that stuff down for you today. We're not going to go over everything this show, but we're going to go over quite a bit this show. We're going to break this down in like two or three shows for you. But I want to cover uh, some things right now with our principal attorney and our favorite attorney, Edwin Walker with Texas and U.S. Law Shield. Edwin, welcome to Come and Talk It, sir. Well, thank you for having me, Mike. Outstanding. So, Edwin, I kind of want to ask you first, what are some of the things that you want to go over first? Yeah, Because I... You know, there's House Bill 1791. I can throw some numbers out there for you, but I'll let you pick well, the first one. Well, there weren't any monumental changes um, with regard to firearms laws. Of course, we had a, a big law with regard to gun, I mean, to clubs and, and brass knuckles. Uh, but one of the things that I would like to start the show off, and I, and I think that, you know, we should probably beat this drum for a year in the future is the number of anti-gun bills that were filed and the uh you know and and the the advocacy surrounding those because i think that here in texas we can officially declare the 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 gun supporting the second amendment the pro second amendment democrat to be basically a non-existent entity anymore. Uh, every Democrat, I believe, is is you know thoroughly going to jump on the anti-gun bandwagon. And like with like I said, with regard to the number of bills that we saw filed, including including a complete repeal of the Texas uh, basically the Texas self-defense laws. Mm. So believe it or not, there was a bill filed that would have ripped out of the Texas Penal Code. The Castle Doctrine, the Stand Your Ground, the legal presumptions that we all enjoy. I mean, it would have taken us way back to the bad old days of self-defense where your actions can be second-guessed uh, by police and prosecutors, and, and every basically every self-defense case then would have to go to trial. Um, so it's, it's that, you know, I, I can't, even people who are anti-gun 
should still be pro self-defense, but I don't believe that that exists. So that's one thing I would say is important to take away from the legislature is that, is that there's going to be more anti-gun bills that are going to be filed in 2021 and everybody has to get out there. And whenever they're voting for their state reps and their state senators, make sure that you put them, you know, you put that question to them. What is their stance on the Second Amendment? What do they think about gun rights? And what do they think about our self-defense laws? And, and, uh, and, and, that, and vote accordingly. And you're right. That is so important, especially since this homeless crisis that we're in in Austin and Houston and Dallas and, you know, just every major city in this state. Uh, especially Austin is facing that right now where they're changing their laws to fit, you know, like California and Port, you know, Portland, Oregon and and Seattle, Washington. They're changing their laws. Our mayor right now, as we speak, is actually visiting some of these cities and some of the mayors of these other cities uh, to see you know, to get their advice. You know, I don't know what kind of advice he, he needs from, you know, people that are not his constituents, but people that are here in Austin. We don't want these changes. We don't want this so-called decriminalization of what some people are calling the homeless. Yeah, and so you really have to ask yourself, do you really want to put laws in place that would make it more difficult for you to legally justify defending yourself against a homeless person who pulls a knife on you? Right. And and later because on— that's exactly what would happen. And later on, I'm going to bring in a UT student uh, who was actually traveling around this week at University of Texas— and he, you know, came in contact with a homeless person, which is a very common problem at University of Texas. Uh, if you're, you know, within that area, you're traveling from West Campus to the, you know, to the main campus there, you have to pass the homeless population. And he's going to tell us his story, what happened to him, because he had a knife pulled on him. And this is a very common occurrence. Yeah. And, and like I said, you, you know, the, 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 the laws are not being, you know, we, we, I think we became comfortable here in the state of Texas by thinking that, you know, we're very pro-Second Amendment. The nation knows it's very pro-Second Amendment. We really uh, wrote a very, very good self-defense law in 2007. And I, it's hard for me to believe that there are people out there voting for legislators who would actively undermine that. Yeah. So, so Edwin, let's get into it. Let's get into House Bill 446. Uh, and that's the bill that actually removes clubs and, you know, and knuckles. And knuckles, yeah. And actually, you know, I guess I have to, since, we, since we're going with this, I have to amend my previous statement about no pro-gun Democrats. <laughs> uh, because this bill was, in fact, written by a Democrat, Joe Moody. Right. Um, in which, but it doesn't apply to guns. It only applies to knuckles and clubs. It, this, and, and you this know, is, the funny thing about this bill, um, it, it, it's weird because it, it it worries me a little bit, only because you know I'm thinking Antifa. You know, they're the ones that want to carry the clubs. That was the only thing that you can actually arrest them on. You know, them carrying clubs and you know, and different things they were carrying that were actually illegal. You know, that I saw on different protests. So that's the only mm-hmm. thing that worried me about a little bit. Well, you know, this is just a sort of a continuation of the last, you know, for the last three sessions, we three or four sessions, we've seen the decriminalization of knives. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we saw the, the removal of switchblades from the prohibited weapons list. We saw the removal of the term illegal knife. Um, you know, we, we the knife laws basically are, you know, very unrestrictive now. There's right. very few, you know, there's only the singular knife law left that you can't take a knife with a blade of over five and a half inches into some restricted areas. And that's about it. So, lo- uh, but, so location restricted you know, places. 
correct in uh, 4603, Texas Penal Code 4603. But, uh, you know, for years I had kind of jokingly said that the club lobby um, needed to catch up, you know, (laughs) as if there's an actual club lobby. Um, Well, in fact, uh, this year there was originally a bill to remove knuckles from the prohibited weapons list, and going through the legislative process, it got amended to include clubs. And so... And and this was actually a question that we got quite we used to get quite a bit here at Texas Law Shield. You know, members would call in questions because one of the great benefits of the Law Shield program is that you can call in, speak to a lawyer if you got any questions about weapons laws or self defense laws. And one of the questions that we used to get quite a bit were was from women who were carrying or had purchased these cat self-defense weapons, these cat-shaped self-defense weapons. I'm sure a lot of your listeners are, are familiar with this. They've probably seen them at gun shows or gun stores. Uh, and they are, it's a self-defense weapon. It's a, it's a, I guess, a bludgeoning bladed weapon um, that's shaped like a cat. And so you put your fingers actually through the rings that are the cat's eyes, and then the cat's ears are very, 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 very sharp, pointy, uh, hardened substances. And we used to get questions about that all the time. Are those knuckles? Do right. those make, make, meet the definition of knuckles? And previously, our, our answer was, yeah, it is, because it's made of, of one or it's made of two rings, which you put your fingers through, and the rings are made of a hardened substance, and that meets the definition of knuckles. They may not look like old-fashioned brass knuckles, but you know the law doesn't prohibit old-fashioned brass knuckles. It prohibits knuckles. Okay. Anything that you can put your finger through with hardened substance. So we had to say yes. Well, it turns out uh, that a woman in Dallas actually got arrested for carrying these. Mm. And she, of course, was reasonably indignant about how can this be illegal? I'm just a woman trying to defend myself as best I can, you know, with these with these this like, cat weapon. Like I tell people, you know, it may it may sound good, but necessarily it may not be good. You just got to understand what the law is. Correct. And so this got the attention of a rep, and he filed a bill to go ahead and, and, and basically recognize that knuckles were an antiquated standard. Uh, and, and the knuckles, I believe the knuckles prohibition came about in the late 1800s. So it's been over 100 years that knuckles have been illegal. Mm. And so it took this antiquated idea that knuckles should be prohibited weapons out of the penal code. And like I said, while they were doing that, they said, why stop at knuckles? Why is it illegal to carry a club? You know, you can carry a gun, you can carry a knife. Why is it illegal to carry a club? And they said, you're right, it shouldn't be illegal to carry a club. Uh, it's obviously illegal to use a club in a non in an aggressive in a crime you know crime perpetuating non self defense way. Uh, so still can't use it to to unjustifiably harm people. But now you can carry your uh, asp or your baton or your blackjack or whatever you want to carry as of September first. All right. So let so me let clubs me clubs and knuckles. Clubs and knuckles no longer have to worry about getting in trouble for them. All right. So now this comes. You know, this is going to be in forty six point oh two. So in forty six oh two, they remove you know they strike out club. And so does that mean that as a security officer, you know what? And I tell you what, I'm going to ask you on the other side of the break here because I want to know about security officers. If, if I'm a level two, level three security officer, can I now carry a club or do I need to go through a special course? This is Michael Cargill and you are listening to Come and Talk It. This is Brittany Glaze, and I get my global gun news from Michael Cargill on Come and Talk It. 
Talk 1370, the right choice. Welcome back to Come and Talk It. And now here's Michael Cargill. That's right. We're talking about some of the changes in the Texas legislature. We're talking about clubs. We're talking about, you know, can I can I openly carry my sword, which went into effect you know, the previous session. But we're telling you some new stuff this time. You know, can you have those knuckles? You know, can I walk down the street carrying a mace? You know, that stick with some nails in it. That's what we're talking about. This is Texas, the Lone Star State, baby. We're going to bring it to you live today. You're going to learn today. You know what I mean? All right, so we're talking with Edwin Walker with the Texas and U.S. Law Show. Edwin was telling us about House Bill 446. And with House Bill 446, Edwin, uh, so clubs, it's under 4602. I can now, as of September the 1st, 2019, I'll be able to walk down the street carrying a club. I won't need a handgun license or anything. That's correct. You can just carry a club. Again, can't use it to uh, either destroy property because that'd be criminal mischief. Can't use it to assault somebody with because that'd be a violation of uh, uh, you know the assault statute. Um, so, uh, so you can't. Like I said, you can carry it, but this just applies to. Like I said, this just applies to the carrying of that club, not the actual use of the club. Uh, but now you have a club available to you in the event that you get in a self-defense situation and you need to use one and you don't have your gun or your knife on you. Okay, now, so what about security officers? I'm a level two, level three security officer. Do I need to take a special course in order to have my baton now or can I just put a club on my uniform? Well, you know, that's a great question because one of the restrictions that was left in there for clubs, so clubs are not totally, uh, completely off of the penal code's radar. So there is still is a club restriction. That club restriction says that there are, you know, the same places that are off limits for firearms and for location restricted knives, you can't carry a club in there as well. So they left the 403 provision of clubs uh, still in the law. And so there's actually a defense in 4615 that says that you can um, that you can carry that a security guard can carry a club into location restricted areas if they do have training and have a certificate. Okay. However, as I read the new law, or as I, re- I read the law, since they did strike the 4602 part from that defense, uh, now I think a non if a non commissioned security officer is in or commissioned security officer is in an area. That's not a location restriction. Let's say that they're hired to guard a grocery store or a department store or a parking lot or whatever. Um, I believe that they could carry a club. I don't think there's any restriction on that. Okay. Now I'm confused about that. All right. So, okay. So, because on the 4603, you can't carry in those certain places there. But you're saying that, right. okay, if they're not in those places, they're somewhere else. Yes. You know, then uh-huh. they wouldn't have to need special training or anything like that to carry in other places. To carry a club, yes. Hmm. Okay. Because as I read the security laws, the only weapons that you have to have certifications for Correct. are pistols and shotguns. Correct. So there's no restriction. Okay. All right. Well, all right. Just like, just like you know, the DPS has for a long time said that it's okay for. Uh, security guards to carry tasers because tasers are not regulated. Right. So any weapon that's not regulated, but then through, I don't. I haven't been able to find a prohibition that prohibits them from carrying. But then you, the DPS, actually have administrative rules. They say that hey, correct. If, if you're going to have this under the administrative rules, you've got to take a course 
and have a certificate in order to have this? Well, for for firearms, but not you know you're saying not for clubs and not for um, you know anything else. Like I am una- I am unaware of the provision that that outlaws clubs okay. or tasers. Right, and well, there was a certificate, but it was for it was because it was a violation of 4602. It's gotcha. no longer a violation of 4602. Gotcha. Understand. Okay. So since it's not a violation of 4602, gotcha. then that means that they can, you know, that it, it fall, I believe it falls into the, the general, you know, you have to follow the laws of the state of Texas, just like you do with tasers. Okay. All right. Good. There's no regulation of tasers. And so I would think that the club is unregulated as well. All right. So then starting September the 1st, 2019, you'll be able to walk around and you'll be able to carry a club. And also you can have some knuckles. And I tell you, uh, they're, se- they're starting to sell knuckles right now. I'm telling you people, wait until September the 1st, 2019. Do not get caught in that little trap because they will get you prior to September the 1st, 2019. Yes, it only applies to knuckle purchases and possessions after September 1st. All right. So now, Edwin, let's get into House Bill 1791. And I'm going to let you kind of explain that to me a little bit. House Bill 1791. Remember that one. Uh, 91 removes uh, removes signage. And I apologize because I didn't take a look at it beforehand. Oh, yeah. Well, 1791 is an alteration of Texas government code of uh, 411-209, in which 411-209, of course, you're very familiar with uh, because of your actions against the city of Austin. Mm-hmm. And so what this does is is that is that prior to uh, the passage of 1791, um, there was some language, and, and a lot of these, these entities, these governmental entities, were able to wiggle around it because the language said that it had to be a sign and it, and it had to specifically reference – of thirty out six, and, and it did not even include thirty out seven, and so it, it was just a. There, there were parts of it that were poorly written, parts of, of four eleven two oh nine, and so what this law did, what this bill does, is it attempts to correct those by removing the specific references to signage, uh, thus opening it up to basically any form of failure to admit or exclusive exclusive behavior. Uh, I guess exactly what you experienced there with the city of Austin. Um, you know, they took their sign down, so but then they still said you can't come in. So is this and this so, is the one. So basically, what we're saying in in House Bill seventeen ninety one is if let's say there's a thirty dot oh six oh seven sign posted, you're saying that if you know I don't see the sign, don't notice the sign, they give me verbal notice, then I have to leave immediately. Well, yeah, but that's now a violation. Previously, the, the previously the AG's office had looked at where where if they had focused on the issue of there being a sign, and now this bill removes all references to the sign, and so now it's going to cover any act that unlawfully excludes a license holder from a government-owned property. Okay. So it's expanding it to beyond just looking for the sign. Okay. Because it struck the it struck the it struck the specific reference to signs, and it struck the requirement that a complaint had to describe the location of the signs. Okay, so because it's now recognizing that exclusions can come in many different varieties, not just signs. So we're so we're just saying uh, it's mainly focusing on government entities, you know, like dealing with the city of Austin. Then, correct. Okay. 
All right. Yeah, it's the you know it's and, and that's what it's for. It's to it's to expand the wrongful conduct. The is to expand what would be considered to be wrongful conduct by a governmental entity or state agency in excluding a license holder from a piece of property. Okay. Now, now I can t- go ahead. Well, I was just going to tell you where I thought the bill fell short was that in certain places, like uh, the decision regarding the Dallas Zoo and the Fort Worth Museum, is that the cities had delegated the ability to manage the property to a nonprofit. And so their defense, whenever they got called on the fact that they were excluding license holders from the zoo or from the, um, or from the museum, mm. uh, they would say, oh, no, we didn't put up that sign. This non-governmental nonprofit who runs our museum put up the sign. And this law only says we're only liable if we put up the sign. It doesn't apply to this nonprofit. And the AG basically agreed with that. Mm. The AG said, look, the law does say cities or, you know, it does say governmental entity or state agency. It doesn't say anything about these nonprofits who, who are given the authority to put up these signs. And so I think the bill could have been a little stronger if they would have said that if they would have applied it to any restrictive uh, actions that take place on government property, property, regardless of who does it, right. regardless of if you if the agency does it, the government or a nonprofit does it, or you know a paid management company or whoever, regardless of who does it, if this exclusive conduct occurs on government property, okay. it is subject to being sanctioned under four eleven two hundred nine. All right, and so we come back, Edwin. I want to talk about um, the change where if I do. See a thirty dot oh six no seven sign posted, and well, let's say I don't. I walk in, the sign is posted. I don't see it, and then they notice I'm carrying. Um, if I, if they tell me verbally I need to leave, then I leave immediately. I'm good to go. But if I don't leave, it's unlawfully carrying. So we come back. We're going to talk about that. This is Michael Cargill, and you are listening to Come and Talk It. This is Coley on Noir, and you're listening to Come and Talk It with Michael Cargill. Talk 1370, the right choice. Welcome back to Come and Talk It. And now here's Michael Cargill. All right, so we're back and we're talking with Edwin Walker at Texas and U.S. Law Shield, and he's breaking down some of the changes in the Texas legislature for this legislative session. And so we're learning some, you know, little minor changes that are taking place. Uh, there are some minor things, but for some people, they're major. You know, if you want to carry a club in knuckles, so starting September the 1st, you'll be able to do that. Uh, but then there's some other things that are not so, you know, major. But you know what? Before we go back to Edwin, I want to bring my UT student in here uh, because, man, this homeless situation in Austin, I think we're at a crisis right now. And so I want to bring Gary to the mic because Gary had something that happened to him this week uh, when he was right around UT campus. Yeah, yesterday. And what happened? So I was over there on West Campus. There's a 7-Eleven on Guadalupe, up Guadalupe. Right. And it's across the street from campus. Okay. So I was getting some gas, and I went inside, prepaid, came back out, and there was another another student. I'm assuming she was a student. She was wearing, looked like Texas gear. Anyways, it was a younger lady. She might have been 22, and she was parked behind me also getting gas, and this homeless man comes up, 
and he was acting all sporadic and very aggressive. He threw a water bottle at a car that was driving by. Oh, wow. And so I had my eye on him. You know, I was thinking, this guy looks deranged. Did he get any video? Well, man, you know, videos. Are, you, you know, know, man, I thought about getting it on video, but I also thought about not getting stabbed. Right. I get you. So he's, he's on the pump. He's on the pump behind me. And this girl is looking at me in w- with her eyes. You know, she was saying, what's this guy about to do? And nope. he, came on the other, he came on the other side of the pump and just pulls out the, uh, you know, the windshield wiper uh, thing at the, at the pump there. Okay. Starts washing the side of her car. And he's like, give me some money. <laughs> and she looks at me like, she started shaking. And she looked like she was about to cry. And for a minute, I, was, I thought, you know. This isn't my business. Right. But then I thought, that's not the, that's not the right thing to do. She, so yeah, I said she, some, I was like, hey, look, buddy. Because she's obviously looking at you asking yeah, for, cause, you know, for help. Yeah, because she, she, looked, she looked scared. And so I said, hey, man, she might not have anything for you. You don't want to waste your time over there. And he started using some expletives to describe me. Right. And uh, so I used some expletives also <laughs> to describe him. It, but, all, uh, but long story short, he came over fair. and he's, he stepped to me. And I said, I said, well, you're going to fight me in the gas station parking lot, man? Leave her alone. Leave me alone. And he pulls up his shirt and shows me this big knife like he was threatening to stab me. Was it over five and a half inches? No, I, it was a switchblade. It was a small switchblade. But so it wasn't over five and a half. Okay. No, no. It, it didn't look illegal. But I'm just curious. Still, I mean, this guy was obviously threatening me. Okay. And this is across the street from UT campus. Now, right. there was a girl a couple years ago that was murdered by a transient homeless man. Who were And this very well could have been a similar situation. Correct. I don't think this guy would have killed me, but there's a possibility that she, he might have done something to her. Right. Uh, I don't know. It's definitely at a breaking point here. It's out of control. I, you know, and I'm not against helping people out. I was at the gym before I came over here, mm-hmm. and there was a guy walking through the parking lot, and he had his jail sack with him. Mm. You know, a little red bag you get your stuff back in? No. Well, you don't know. No, I don't know. <clears throat> Excuse me. I, a yeah. friend told me about it. Right. But I saw him walking, and I said, I said, hey, man, did you just get out of jail? And he goes, yeah. I said, do you need change for the bus? He said he did, so I gave him change for the bus. I'm not opposed to helping somebody that's down on their luck, but right. these deranged, mentally unstable homeless people, and a lot of them are violent. It's out of control, man. And I wonder what's going to happen when UT, you know, when, when classes start in September. It's going to get worse. You know, what's going to happen? You know, you think the students are going to rise up and say something? Maybe we need to do a recall. Of no, the because they're scared of being politically incorrect. If they say anything that's, that goes against this, uh, you know, we have to have a bleeding heart and help out the homeless population. Do, do, you, do you think that... They look bad. You, you know? don't think that there'd be recall? To say, hey, let's recall the mayor and let's have another election. Well, I'm going to... I'm going to say that. I think there's probably some other people that are going to say that. I mean, you know, throughout the school year. Because I think we should You know that. how many emails I get from UTPD that says, woman assaulted, right. woman harassed, right. woman groped, woman this, woman that, robbery, theft. Right. It's, I, I do not have an exact statistic, but I would venture to say it's probably about 75% homeless population. Wow. I was walking down Guadalupe one time and a homeless man just strolled out of an alley and vomited all over the sidewalk. Right. And you know what the police do about it? What? Nothing. Mm. They don't do anything because they can't. Right. It's not yet. Yeah, they they don't have ha- the power. Their hands are tied. Their hands are tied. Right. It's not their fault. Yeah. I got, you know, I, I posted that comment that you put on Facebook. I posted it on my Instagram mm-hmm. and a girl responded to it and she said something along the lines of, I'll, I'll pull it up right now, but she works at a hotel downtown mm-hmm. and she said that there is... Before I went on vacation, a homeless man came into my hotel and was sleeping in my lobby. When I asked him to leave, he told me he had the right to be there because my employee was his friend. 
Mm-hmm. I then proceeded to tell him that she's not in charge, this is private property, and he needs to leave. He threatened to assault me. This is the same man that has threatened to rape another one of my employees, and the police don't do anything. Gotcha. Yeah. Wow. So it, this isn't just uh, isolated incidents, and it's not just me, you know, and tr- trying to t- protect somebody that looks scared. This is happening. It, it's it, There's a pattern. And in and, and law enforcement, their hands are tied because they're they're having to follow the laws of city or the rules of yeah, city they're, council. Yeah, they're, they're all, all the police are is basically part of the executive branch. They enforce the laws that the legislature Correct. puts in. They don't in. create and, them. Yeah, and so we've got Steve Adler over here. I mean, I'm ready to to go pick up some homeless people and put them in the back of my truck and drive over to Adler's place and drop them off in front of his well, house. Well, but seriously though, should we do a recall? Should we recall the mayor and make him fight for his job to justify what he just? Yeah, did? Yeah. Well, he should also be put in the same situations that we're put in. You know, I, I go to the gym and there's... Well, he lives at the W, at the top floor of the W. So he's Is that not, true? He's not... Yes, that's very true. He's not going to be in your situation. <laughs> he, he overlooks So I need, to, I need to trade in my truck for a helicopter. Right. And I'm going to helicopter in some homeless people yeah. on top of that. And, okay, and, well, and, that's the plan then. And just be, a, be in that top floor of the W, and then, you know, you can do whatever you want right there in front of his window. Well, yeah, actually, funny you mentioned that. Uh, city council thought ahead. And when they changed the camping ordinance, they made it so that, you know, the homeless can camp wherever they want now in public spaces, uh-huh. except outside of City Hall. Have mm-hmm. you been downtown recently, either of you? Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Brazos and, and, and Sixth. I think it's Brazos and Sixth. That's right where Fox News is. <laughs> there is a, a public toilet that has been set up out there. And oh, it's, yeah, I saw it's that. It's a cesspool. Uh-huh. It's disgusting. Wow. Have you I, been in it? Man. Have you been? You don't want to no. see the things I've seen. <laughs> no, I haven't been in it. But I was at the gym down there. At normally, I go. To, yeah, so I go to Gold's, but normally I'm up at the one on uh, Fiskville. Uh-huh. And I was downtown for whatever reason, and I decided to go to that one. And I'm never going there again mm. because there's 70 homeless people outside. Yeah, they and they're staring at me. There. And I'm, I mean, I'm not one to you know shy away from a, a, a stare staring down. contest. You know, <laughs> I stare down the homeless people in this city, or anybody but, for that matter. Yeah, I'll stare down anyone. Um. <laughs> anyways, there's just a bunch of homeless people out there, and the, actually, the guy that was on staff at Gold's, he told me, he told me that when he leaves at ten fifteen at night after he closes up, they bum rush him. Wow. You know, they're like, "Give me money," and he, and he doesn't feel safe. Nobody feels safe. Nobody feels safe in this city. What do you think homeless we, people crawling out of the? What do you, if, you, if you were mayor, <laughs> what, what would you do? What do you think we should do? I would have some sort of. I don't know if it would be housing, if that's the proper term, or tough love. How about some or, tough or, love? Or uh, yeah, tough love. That's what I'm saying. I don't, have... I'm not saying we we give them all these amenities and everything. You got to work for what for yeah. what you get. You but, have to have laws. Well, yeah, law and order. I mean, I agree with that. And I'm not even necessarily the most law abiding citizen, but you have to have it. Right. Period. Because this situation that we're in right now, like on Ben White between 35 and Lamar, this situation has only started like since in the last. You talking year and about a half. over over by the where that bridge is? Yeah, yeah. All that's been there. There's it's year it, and it's a, half. a it looks like a dirty campsite. Yeah, where they barbecue and yeah, oh, yeah. literally. Yeah. There's a guy that lives on a lazy boy. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It's all kinds of stuff. <laughs> Picnic tables. It's, it's it's right on the intersection. You can see all kinds of things, and then you get to see fights. Man, it's in the afternoon. They got you, bum fights over oh, there. Oh yeah. The okay, well, you're kind of swaying me in the opposite direction now. Yeah, Maybe we should just. Gotta, uh... I'm telling you, dude. You got you got to rush hour traffic. Oh yeah, you get some good fights. They're fighting about the you know their territory and their turf. You know, and, and the intersection. Oh yeah, I saw that picture. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, it happens a lot. Yeah. You know, I was thinking about getting a microphone and going downtown, right, and uh, asking the old hobos. 
what they think about the new homeless people coming in on their turf. And see, I'm, I'm thinking about that. I'm, yeah, that's a good idea. But I'm actually kind of against the recall in the mayor because what he's doing, it's good for business. This is good for gun sales. Well, I would imagine. <laughs> Boy, we selling some guns now. Who, who was the yeah. best? Uh, the best. <laughs> Gun salesman of all time was Obama, Obama or or Adler uh, or or uh, what about I'm, that one kid from Florida? Oh, I'm, oh yeah, but I'm I'm voting for Adler name? now. You know, we do a re-election. I'm going for Adler because the rules. Adler for guns. That's his. <laughs> oh yeah, what he's doing is great for gun sales in South Austin. Let me tell you, it's also great for the homelessness <laughs> problem. He's making it worse. <laughs> you know, they're making a second homeless shelter. Yes, it's right there on Ben White. It, they paid eight million dollars for it. You, do you know they own the Home Depot that's, on, um, that's in North Austin? There's a home, the old Home Depot there on St. 35 John's. in St. John's. Yes. Mm-hmm. They, the city owns that Home Depot. So instead of putting the homeless shelter at Home Depot, they're actually doing it in this other building that's much smaller. What, what percentage Austin. of the po- homeless population do you think are actually people that are down on their luck as opposed to you know, mentally unstable people or just drug addicts? 15, I'm talking 15%. 15? Yes. I probably would agree with that in my my experience. I think they need to bring back those those like mental hospitals. Have you because have you been to the Arch? <sighs> that Any, place is anybody a, just down on their luck. Train at the arch? wreck. Right. That place is a train wreck. Right. Just go that, to- that's an example of a complete government failure, in my opinion. And not a lot of people in this city would would agree that. I dare you it, to walk by that. It was a success. I don't like walking by there, man. I feel like I'm going to get stabbed to I death. I dare you to go sit down in front of the arch. <laughs> no, just walk by. Walk by. Just walk by and... It's an it's a experience. It's life-changing. It smells. Life-changing experience. It smells real bad. Yeah. All right. And that's Austin, though. You know, that's, and that's where we are. That's, you know, what... And that's what your mayor is learning, you know, what's happening in, in but LA. But I don't think people actually agree with this law. I don't think liberals, conservatives, no, moderates. They're not. No, I don't this think is, anybody agrees this is with not it. About, this was a disaster. This is not about being a Republican. This is not about being a Democrat or Libertarian Green Party. This is not. This is about being in Austin and seeing, you know, our way of life and, and what's happening to our city. Why would they do down. that? It's moral posturing. It's saying that, oh, we're the... The party that right. that cares about these people down on their luck, and we're gonna just do. Everything I honestly don't we think, think would be best. I, I don't think help. I don't think that allowing the homeless population to camp on sidewalks is doing them any favors either. I mean, we're talking about people that have mental illness; they need help, and we're talking about people that have a lot of addiction problems; they need help. Letting them camp on the sidewalk ain't gonna help anything, and. If anything, it's making the streets a lot more dangerous for people that are not homeless. Mm-hmm. All right, we're talking with Texas and U.S. Law Show Edwin Walker. We're talking about the Texas legislature and some changes in the firearm laws. We come back, we're going to talk about, hey, do you know what? Do you have CPR? Are you CPR certified? Do you know that you can renew your handgun license for free? This is Michael Cargill, and you are listening to Come and Talk It. Peace, this is Maj Toure. You're listening to Come and Talk at Radio with Michael Cargill. Talk 1370. Welcome back to Come and Talk It. And now, here's Michael Cargill. That's right. I think we need to do a recall election. 
just so we can make him, you know, make the mayor and the city council justify their jobs. But you know what? I'm kind of changing. I'm going to flip the script a little bit. Ah, I'm still going to vote for him. I'll vote for Mayor Adler because I love what he's doing. I tell you, he's doing great stuff for the city of Austin. He's doing great for gun sales, because <laughs> especially in South Austin. Uh, he's doing great things. People are walking in, taking their handgun license course because they know this city is getting off the chain. All right. So we're talking with Edwin Walker, the principal attorney with Texas and U.S. Law Shield. Edwin, did you know that, you know, if you have you have a, a, your CPR certified, you can renew your handgun license for free? OK, you didn't that know that? Didn't, I didn't, yeah. I didn't know that. It, I, yeah, I didn't know. That. It's it's House Bill 1078. You know, we'll talk about that later. But it, yeah, it's House Bill 1078. And that caught me off guard as well. You know, but I do want to go back to you and talk to you about the, um, you know, what if, and I don't know the, the, the bill number, but what if there's a 30.06 and 07 sign posted? Because I want to get into the punishments of this stuff too. There's a 06, 07 sign posted. I don't see the sign. Don't notice it. And I go in. But for some reason, they notice I'm carrying a handgun. And they tell me, hey, Michael, you need to leave. If I leave right away, I'm good to go. But if I refuse to leave it's or come leave and come back, then it's unlawfully carrying. Yeah, this actually clarifies a, a portion of the law that was kind of uh, maybe disputed or, or people were definitely unsure about. It's House Bill 121. And what it does is, is it added, it just simply added a defense specific to 30.06 and 30.07. And it says that basically, if you do go into one of these places uh, with your gun and they had a sign and you either didn't see the sign or, you, or the sign was not that visible, that they can't immediately say, ah, you've broken the law. Uh, they have to give you a verbal warning and have to allow you to leave before you can be charged with a crime. And so basically the way the law was written previously was that uh, you know you could I don't know how often this happened, but you could in theory uh, sort of accidentally stumble into a place that had a thirty out six thirty out seven sign. Uh, they could say, "Aha, you've got a you've got a uh, you've got a gun on you. You're in violation of the law," and either cite you for the class C violation of carrying past the sign or the class A violation of being given you know, verbal notice. Um, and, and like I said, with this, there, there's now an affirmatively written defense that you that you have to be allowed to leave before you can be uh, you know convicted of, of trespassing in violation of thirty out six or thirty out seven. Okay, let me ask you this. Okay, so <clears throat> because of you, it's still the same that if I go into a bar, someone that sells alcohol, or if it's listed under forty six dot oh three five, any of those places there. Uh, like an amusement park, um, you know, places like that. If I walk in there, then the punishment is still a class A misdemeanor, correct? Well, yes, yes. This only applies to places that are specifically governed, you know, private property that is specifically governed by forty by thirty out six or thirty out seven. Okay, so that Not means the that places that are prohibited under forty six oh three or forty six oh three five. Okay, so let's say I go to a regular office building. You know, let's say I go to Subway, I go to KFC, some other place that they don't sell alcohol, so they're not listed under 46.03 or 46.035, and, and, and I don't see the sign. I go in, you know, and then I do my business. They see that I'm carrying my handgun. They ask me to leave. I leave immediately. I'm good to go. If I refuse to leave, it's unlawfully carrying, and if it is unlawfully carrying, it's going to be just a Class C misdemeanor. Correct. They can't come back behind you and say, oh, even though you left, 
uh, we're still going to charge you with a crime. This bill clarifies that they can't do that. Okay, now let me ask you this. All right, so if I'm in this place and there's a sign posted because under forty under 9.31, 9.32, um, and I have to use force or daily force, if under that section, if I you know if I'm not justified in using you know using it because I'm not supposed to be there, would that cause me problems under nine dot three one nine dot three two? Yeah, and the thing about it is, is that violations of the law don't absolutely exclude you from your right to use self defense. What they can impact is they can impact your right to take advantage of either the stand your ground law or the castle doctrine, and so that's where the violation of law occurs, which. You know, it would have to be argued uh, that this defense shows that you did not violate the law, and therefore the trial judge should not take away your ability to get a jury instruction on either stand your ground or the castle doctrine in the event that you have to use deadly force or deadly force against somebody, and then you claim I should be entitled to the legal presumption because I thought this guy was going to rob me or murder me or sexually assault me, um, or I did not have to uh, – the, the state cannot argue that I had a reasonable opportunity to escape prior to using force or deadly force. So now that this defense exists, uh, you can argue, well, I had the defense because I was not asked to leave. Uh, therefore, I did not actually commit a criminal violation that would not allow me to take advantage of these two provisions of the self-defense law. All right, so what you're saying is, okay, so even though the sign's posted and I – you know, didn't notice the sign, then, you know, and I go in, something happens while I'm there. No one knows I'm carrying, but I'm carrying. And there's a sign posted, and it's a just a regular business that does not fall under 4603, 46035. And then something happens while I'm there. I have to defend myself. My attorney's going to have to argue in court, you know, under the Castle Doctrine, I'm just Well, they, correct. And what, what's going to happen is the state's going to say, whenever – in a criminal trial, one of the most important portions of a criminal trial is called the charge conference. And the charge conference is where the prosecution and the defense and the judge get together and they drop the jury charge, in which a jury charge is the law that the judge instructs the jury with. The, jury, the judge is going to say, this is what the law is, and now you have to decide what are the facts – that this law is going to apply to. And the, in a self-defense case, the jury charge is so important because it writes out in as clear as language as you know you can make it to the jury about what they're supposed to do when viewing a self-defense case, what they're supposed to what law they're supposed to apply, if there's any um, legal uh, if there's any legal presumptions, what those legal presumptions mean, uh, what reasonable doubt is, and so it's very important that the jury instruction be written in a very in a way where the defense attorney can use it to advocate self-defense, uh, advocate the self-defense. And so one of the portions of the jury charge is very important is the uh, no duty to retreat so that the state cannot argue, well, it was unreasonable because they had a duty to retreat. Uh, they had the ability to retreat and didn't before using deadly force. That makes their use of deadly force unreasonable. Uh, that's why the no duty to retreat was written in the law in the first place. Uh, so the state would argue, no, they were violating the law. They were trespassers. So they don't get to argue no duty to retreat. Um, you still, like I said, you still get to argue self-defense, but you lose some very powerful weapons underneath self-defense uh, that could help you in persuading the jury that you're not guilty. 
So the prosecutor would say, oh, no, he was a criminal trespasser, so he does not get the legal presumption that his use of deadly force was justified. Uh, he was a trespasser, so he does not get the the ability to prevent us from arguing that he should have retreated, and that would have been more reasonable than using deadly force. Okay. And, of course, now the response to that can be, look, he was not a criminal trespasser because he had never been asked to leave. He had never been asked to leave. He had never been given the opportunity to, to, to leave. Therefore, he actually is not a criminal trespasser. Therefore, we do get the ability to argue those things in our self-defense case. OK, so in the end, hopefully, you know, you have a good attorney that is well versed in this, then they'll be to articulate that. And then hopefully, you know, it will go your way. That is correct, uh, because, like I said, in a self-defense case, the jury charge is the most important document that's produced. All right. All right. So uh, and, and those are going to be the ones that we're going to talk about on this show. Uh, we're going to come back uh, on another show. We will talk about House Bill 1078. That's the one, the CPR bill. Uh, where if you are CPR certified, we'll break that down, have Edwin break that down for us. We're going to get into a little another show, how, uh, Senate Bill 535, talk about that, and also uh, House Bill 302, and some of those little changes. And I got some other bills I want to break down as well. So we'll do those on a different show. And, and, and see, you see this, it's a lot of, lot of information that we're talking about, and that's why it's important that you come back to your class, go back to a license to carry handgun course, and do a refresher. Get some, you know, re refresh this information, because it's a lot of information. Just this morning, morning, before I came here to record this show, I had a guy call me and said, hey, he just had to pull a gun out on someone who threatened him, a bunch of people that threatened him. He actually discharged his firearm in the city limits, and he was arrested, and he wanted to know, you know, what did he need to do? He needed some help. I said, well, I can't help you. Uh, when you were in class, did you get Texas a U.S. law shield? And he said, no. Well, I can't help you because when you, you call me, that's what I'm going to ask you, and that's what you need to do. If something happens, hopefully, one, you listen to us in class. Do not fire a gun in the air as a warning shot. That is the last thing you should ever do. Never do that. That is one thing I stress in class. There's several things I stress in class. Number one, do not discharge your firearm in city limits. Do not do any warning shots at all and get Texas U.S. law shield. And, just you know, listen to what we say and we'll get you in the right place. As always, more guns equals less crime. Go out there and buy yourself a gun. You've been listening to Come and Talk It with Michael Carter. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island Jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ucalypt speed test intelligence data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023.